Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Bottom Line. This podcast examines the everyday business and finance issues faced by closely held and private businesses. We hope to provide you with news you can use in what we like to think of as a jargon-free zone. To our listeners of this podcast series, I have a special guest with me. I'm your host, Tim Schuster, and with us today is Dan Gibson, who is a partner in our private business service practice. Today, we'll discuss with Dan some war stories of fraud instances he has experience working with clients. Dan, welcome. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's our pleasure as well, actually. So, Dan, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I have about 36 years of public accounting experience. Half of that, in the beginning of my career, I spent auditing financial statements. In the last half of that, I switched over to tax and I became a tax professional. I have my own client base that I work with, and I also support a number of uh, partners in our group that both you and I serve in uh, the private business services group. Oh, that's fantastic. So now, Dan, you know, let's get to the meat and potatoes of today's podcast, you know, your experience of instances of fraud. And before recording this podcast, just so our listeners know, uh, Dan and I have had some lengthy discussions about instances of employees committing fraud within their organizations, you know, thinking of like controllers or CFOs. Would you mind uh, sharing with our listeners some of those stories? Yeah, sure. I have I have uh, three that I, that I have off the top of my head. One of them was, I call it, uh, she he does everything. And the owner was meeting with me and we he brought in the bookkeeper slash office manager and started to explain to me what was going on in the business and what have you. And at a very loud level was saying how great this bookkeeper was and that she did everything. He had nothing to do with the finances, the accounting, the bookkeeping. She did everything. And she sure did. Within less than a year that she was actually absconding tens of thousands of dollars. She had a gambling addiction, so she was taking it away. Mm -hmm. And he, at some point during the engagement, was noticing the cash flow was really poor and he couldn't figure it out why. And we had people from our fraud group go in there and take a look at it. And sure enough, she was creating fictional vendors, fictional employees, Mm -hmm. and paying them and putting that money into her bank account. Really kind of something. And the the second story I call the in-house counsel. We have a client that just by their very nature, they they get sued. It's it's just the nature of the business. And it got to be such that they hired an in-house counsel, a lawyer rather than to, to farm it out. And one that ended up happening is that this in-house counsel would go to the accounting department. You know, he would say, well, I've just settled a case. Can you give me the money so I can put it into my escrow account so that I could pay off whoever we're paying off to settle these yep. cases? Well, sure enough, a lot of these times he was putting money in his escrow account, but he was paying himself and he was putting his money in uh, his bank accounts. And he thought he was being pretty sharp. He had, he created a, a, a bunch of accounts around town, the mm-hmm. local town, a bunch of different uh, bank accounts. And he was putting in, you know, you have this restriction where you where if you put in more than $10,000, there it needs to be reported to mm-hmm. the government. Well, he was putting in, you know, $9,900, let's say, to various bank accounts. Well, he didn't know that if you do that sort of thing mm-hmm. and the bank suspect it, it can be it can be deemed as structuring mm-hmm. to avoid the ten thousand dollar rule. And the banks reported it. They reported it, I guess, to the IRS, the Treasury Department. And one day he came home, and sure enough, who was waiting out in front of his front door for him were IRS <laughs> agents and FBI agents. Jeez. He was arrested. Wow. Um, and the, the last story was, I call it the, the cash swindler. It was a controller of a professional services company. Not that they got paid it often, but there were occasions where they actually got paid cash for, for work that they were doing. So what he was doing is he was taking this money. He just put the cash in his pocket. And through various accounting journal entries, he would book the income mm-hmm. to whoever had paid him. 
but he created these, at least one fictional vendor. It was a vendor that the company had had years ago, but they no longer did business with them, so it was in their system. Mm-hmm. So he brought it back to life yep. and was making disbursements. And sure enough, uh, there was an audit of the company. The auditor looked at those disbursements and questioned them and wanted support. He could never come up with a support. Mm-hmm. And one day, the owner just confronted him with him, and he just he melted. He said, I, I, was, I, I, I took the money, I put it in my pocket, and, you know. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. So, so Dan, do you have any parting words for our audience, you know, items that business owners should be really looking for? Well, I tell you, I, you know, when it comes to this sort of thing, and I'm, I'm not a fraud, fraud examiner mm-hmm. by any means. They'll, they'll never hang me for being a fraud examiner. But just from my basically layman's observations, I know that the basics are there's, there's three stools to fraud, right? Mm-hmm. You have uh, pressure, opportunity, and rationalization. The pressure is, you know, for the person that's doing the fraud, there's some sort of outside source mm-hmm. that's putting pressure on them. It might be an addiction, things of that nature, gambling, drug mm-hmm. addictions. You also have opportunity. Now, as you and I deal with yeah. every day in the small and the middle market, internal controls aren't always the best. Quite frankly, <laughs> you know, some of the bigger companies we do, they're not always. The it's best, also right? true, absolutely. But we do. But, so we find the and, and it can be expensive. You know, it's it's personnel, it's systems, it's discipline. It's it's very difficult. It is what it is. It gives those people that are looking to perpetrate fraud to do it. And the last one is rationalization. That, that that's that's in the mind, mm-hmm. right? The, someone who is perpetrating the fraud has to rationalize why doing something that's criminal is, is okay, mm-hmm. right? They've got to justify it in their minds, and a lot of people will, will say, you know, I don't, I'm, the, the biggest thing is I'm underpaid. I deserve this. I'm, I should get it. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to notice. You've got to be able to overcome that stuff. Now, look, if you're looking at the, the three legs of the stool, pressure, I mean, you, 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 really, have to, you really have to find out and it's difficult. I mean, you're not going to know your employees that well to know what the different pressures are in their in their lives. So that's a difficult thing to do. Yep. Uh, opportunity. Again, yeah, it's expensive. You you got to hire new people. You know, you got to put systems in place to discipline. It's a very difficult thing to do. Rationalization. Now, that in my mind, there's some things that you can do with that to turn rationalization on its head. Mm-hmm. Right. And the way that you do that is you want to do things like having the mail, particularly from any, any financial sources like the bank, mm-hmm. have them come directly to the owners. All right, the owner should be opening the, the, the bank accounts and on a random day basis, ask for documentation for canceled checks. Even if you know it's a good check, a- ask for it, mm-hmm. all right? You may want to go through and look at the cash disbursements journals. Yep. You may want to look at accounts payable. Question, don't be, don't be afraid to ask for documentation for these various disbursements that the company is making. And employees, go through your payroll registry for your list of employees. If there's a name on there that you don't recognize, yep. ask to be introduced to that person. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. The most important thing, and, and there's other things that I'm probably not even mentioning you can be creative about, but the most important thing is you got to make sure that, that that everyone knows that you're doing it as an owner. Yeah. All right. That they know the owner is proactive. They're looking into things. They're checking stuff because now you're taking that rationalization again, spinning it on its head. So someone's saying, "Oops, oh, the boss is looking." Yep. I better watch. I I can't get away with this. I thought I could. Now I can't because this guy's looking at this or this guy's looking at that. So you give them a reason. Yep. Basically, so they can rationalize that. No, it's not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. To, to perform this fraud. They know they're being watched. They can't do it, right? Absolutely. Very Absolutely. difficult. Very difficult. 
No, that's great, Dan. And seriously, thank you so much for giving us this useful information today. And before we close our podcast, you know, I like to provide one of my famous New Jersey facts. Not that this is a particularly good one, um, but why not? You know, I figured this was interesting, Uh, kind of an interesting subject matter going down this line. But in case people are unaware, New Jersey is the car theft capital of the world, uh, with more cars being stolen in Newark than any other city. Folks, when traveling to Newark, make sure you take mass transit. And thank you for listening to The Bottom Line as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. If you have any questions or there's a topic you'd like us to cover, email us at contact at EisnerAmper.com. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. And join us for our next Eisner Amper podcast when we get down to business.